So, yeah, welcome to Age Like Milk. I'm going to try one more time. Milk. Third time's a chime. Charm. And by three. Hold, please. <laughs> this is a very professional situation in my living room. You know, we, we make it work. Um, I'm going to take that again. Uh, is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's... Mm. Damn it. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to the Age Like Milk podcast. I'm one of your hosts, David Rogers, and our other co-host is Miss Paris Herbert Taylor. And yeah, we're excited to have you again for Age Like Milk. Um, We're really grateful to everybody that's been tuning in. Obviously, starting a podcast is like kind of a thing that people do when they're having midlife crises, but (laughs) we're going for like the quarter life crisis. Um, If the gene therapy keeps working and we get to live to whatever would make me at my quarter life yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm at least doing 120, so. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, and we've got a really exciting movie today, so please get excited for it, and we'll talk about movies and all the things that have aged like milk. Yeah. Um, so today on the podcast, we are talking about what film, David? The Craft, 1996. Amazing. Had you seen this movie before? I remember this movie, but I was like 12 when it came out, so I've seen bits and pieces of it. Definitely remember the actors in it, Mm -hmm. um, but didn't fully remember the full story until I rewatched it. I feel like this movie was incredibly influential to me as a teenager. I definitely think this was one of those movies that women around my age all got together and watched at sleepovers. Um, Very freaky. And we are so privileged today to be joined by my really good friend, Marcus Mensa. Hello, Marcus. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, man. Surviving quarantine good. as best we can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with the craft. Yeah, with the craft. <laughs> Watching some old movies. Um, Marcus, had you seen this movie before? There is there's no way I saw this movie when it came out. Late aughts. <laughs> late aughts. I, I definitely, at some point, uh, ran into it and was like, what is this thing? Oh, so yeah. That's, that's and, his and then I just watched it recently, too. Okay, so. nice. Showing his hand a little bit there, yeah. but we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, before <laughs> we dive too much into the movie, I do want to say who Marcus is. Let's do that. Um, Marcus and I just recently met on a movie, which was a really fun experience in Pittsburgh. Um, Marcus, you are a camera operator, DP, and director. Is that right? Uh, not not really director. Okay. But yeah, the other two for sure. DP, uh, camera operator, operator, and maybe one day soon, a director. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. a, what's a DP? <laughs> what does that stand for? Yeah, yeah. Uh, director of photography. So I'm a cinematographer. Okay. So I, I, I usually work for the directors the way I sort of look at it. Cool. And yeah, um, some titles that Marcus has worked on. Um, the previously mentioned Sweet Girl, which will come out next year. You worked on The Collected, Bombshell, uh, Malibu Rescue, which I want to hear about, Rampage, <laughs> um, The Disaster Artist, some big titles there. Um, Marcus, what was your first big project that you worked on? Oh. Because um, I can tell you what it says on IMDb. <laughs> it says out of. Well, I can tell you. Oh, go ahead. I, the, the best story is the first. The, the first movie I ever worked on um, was this Jane Campion movie called In the Cut. So basically, I was working for free in New York, and I got a call from. Uh, I was basically scrubbing cases of Panavision New York, and somebody was like, "Hey, uh, we need someone free over here. 
to like help run a film mags from the set to the changing room. Um, you want to do it? And I was like, sure. I've never been on a film set. Let's try this. And um, ended up being like the best seven weeks. Amazing. Uh, That's awesome. It says that your first like r- like big job after that was the Manchurian Candidate. Does that sound right? Yeah, that was my first like union job. Amazing. Which so, is a great flick. I haven't seen yes. it. Yeah, it's free. That's that's a mind trippy movie right there. Yeah. So so that's Marcus. He is. I mean, I watched you on set. You're incredibly hardworking. Lots of talent, and you work with some incredible people that you know. I feel lucky to have met. Um, yeah, same. Marcus, straight off the bat. Thoughts? Oh well, we do. We we need to do the synopsis. Yeah, sorry. Let's back. let's let's let Paris oh, rock God. this one. Okay, I do most of them. Well, that's because I like like to hear how David <laughs> <laughs> you know, explains them because I'm always like, yeah, exactly what David said. Okay, well, I'll do the synopsis then, real quick. So I would say this movie is about a girl who moves to Los Angeles from San Francisco with her dad and her stepmom, and she meets these three kind of outcast girls at high school. Uh, who are apparently witches. And one of the girls in the witch group sees her do some kind of like freaky magic at the desk on her first day after she's a little bit bullied. And they basically coerce her into becoming the fourth in their witches circle. And then uh, they start to make magic happen and bad things happen because what you send out, you get back times three uh, to the point where they are like no longer friends. And I don't want to spoil it. Although if you haven't seen it, since 1996 you have had time uh but yeah basically bad shit happens at the end and they go their separate ways yeah they've had 24 years to watch it and the sequel's coming out yeah the sequel remake the the remake comes out october 28th which is kind of feels really timely to have this discussion yeah spooky season (laughs) but um yeah right off the bat marcus was there anything for this film as you know our podcast is age like milk so we kind of pull out things that like maybe haven't aged well over time. Was there anything that jumped out for you with this movie? Oh God, something that has not aged well over time on this movie? Um, shoot, I'm actually, kind of, I'm kind of a fan of it, obviously, um, at this point. We, are, we, all, um, we all are, like, you know, yeah. we're film fans first and foremost. We always, David's making a face, but we'll get into that. <laughs> but was there anything that kind of stuck out to you? I mean... For me, like an, an easy low ball, like we always talk about this in movies kind of from the 90s. Like I found it weird that they were smoking in the lunch area. Like she's like <laughs> smoking. She's smoking a cigarette. Like I just feel like that would not happen in a school in 2020. Like, no, definitely you know, not. Maybe someone's vaping on a pen. Yeah. yeah kids love to I vape. I mean, it's, def- it's definitely one of those movies where like everybody's in their late 20s and they sh- they're supposed to be 17. <laughs> yeah. You know? So that, I think that's, I mean, obviously, that still happens all the time. So I don't know how much that stands out. I mean, Robin Tunney always looks way younger than than she, she has any know. right to be. She's a yeah. vampire. Sort of acts <laughs> the part too. Like it's almost you're like, is she overacting or is she is is what is this? But then it actually it's she's just a teenager. So I will say that I, I did know. watch the trailer of the 2020 version, and the kids in it look a little younger. Or maybe I'm just older now, so they look really young to me. It's hard to say. No, same, man. I think that, like, the ones, if anything, the, those actors are, like, super polished. And it, it just takes, to me, it takes away from, like, the campiness of the whole thing. Right. Because it's, like, too perfectly done as a movie. And you're like, well, I mean, that's, you know, you, you need somebody to bring it over the top a little you're bit. You're talking about the uh, the new one? The Yeah, the, the, yeah, the remake. Yeah. 
So this thing is just like full camp. Like you, they, they, I don't know. Perusa just like keeps delivering. What do you mean by camp? Well, I mean it's just like over the top acting. Like, like, uh, like they just embrace the whole witches thing. It's not like let's make it as real as possible. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, I think the smoking in the in the lunch area sort of is into it. Like we're the bad girls. Yeah, yeah just all in. And yeah, the jocks are super jocks. And yeah, <laughs> it is always funny yeah. to look at high school or like movies of what high school is supposed to be like in the 90s, because, yeah, it's almost like stereotypes. <laughs> and then you've got movies that like make fun of that now. Like we've talked about like 21 Jump Street, where they like, you know, they go back to school and like everybody's like metrosexual. Or, like yeah. being gay is no big deal. Exactly. Or, it's like, that's not cool, man. Yeah. I'm going to two strap it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. The, yeah. Sorry, Marcus. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, like, the other thing I love about these, like, these the teenage movies, from especially in the 90s, I mean, I guess any time before 2010, is that nobody has a phone. So mm. when they're, like, smoking, they have nothing else to do. Oh, like, they've, they've eaten their lunch. They're just going to stare at other people. <laughs> There's just nothing. You can't call anybody. Yeah. They have to talk just, to like, each other. hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to <laughs> figure out something. I mean, witching seems like a perfect way to do yeah, I didn't have a t- yeah, I didn't have social media, so I went and, like, cast a spell on someone. No, you go to the, you go to the witch bookstore and you steal <laughs> yeah. some shit. Sure. And, yeah, you know, and you've got your, like, witch bookstore yeah. owner. You get, you get some red or she's some like, black candles. and She's like, don't go behind the curtain. You're not ready yet. Like, <laughs> I could just literally walk through this curtain if I wanted to. It's like a peep show. Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, this is made on, like, some type of, like, holy ground or powerful ground, and it's just a, a shower curtain. Yeah. <laughs> You think there would be something back there to really yeah. keep them out. Or they no. could have like had her zap her hand when she tried to reach oh. for it. Like, come on. Where man. were you in the production right? meeting, David? Right? You were like 12. So. Yeah, I was 12. I still probably would have came up with that. Yeah. Okay, fine. So Marcus <laughs> is a big fan of the movie. He doesn't necessarily have anything off the top of his head. Maybe I may have one thing yeah. that I was just thinking yeah, get of. It. Is the... Um, is the what do you call it the uh, the star the Satan star the five point star oh like the that pentagram that up? they draw yeah, yeah. pentagram mm-hmm. sorry dirt. Yeah. so like the I mean the pentagram isn't that um is that a witch's thing I just thought it was always a Satan I thought it was the same thing too but um you know some of the stuff they went off of was like supposed to be pagan and Wiccan uh, um and I don't know if Wiccans use like that that pentagram but yeah I also thought. You know, pentagrams normally for. Uh, but I think Wiccan is like a. You know, this is like, the the Hollywood version of like what a witch is. They're like casting spells on people and stuff like that. Like Wiccans are actually like a religion where they have like you know they connect to the moon and nature yeah, and stuff like, like a that, god and so. a goddess and it's like modern day. I looked up it a little bit and it was uh, like originated in Europe. Oh, interesting. Yeah, in like the early 1900s. So it's not it's not even that old. Mm. Yeah. So Marcus is like noticing the star on the ground. He's like, is that the Jewish yeah. star? Like, what is? <laughs> what um, on that point, that was it, Manon or Manon? Manon, the Manon? guy that they like. Uh, yeah. So summon? they they basically made that up because they didn't want anybody, you know, going off and trying to copycat stuff summon in this the devil. film. Yeah. So they, you know, made that up for this movie. Um, yeah. There was a concern that if they wrote an actual deity into the script, audience members might take to performing the rituals and invoking something more powerful that they could handle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the, yeah. the director's like, we don't want to be in- responsible. <laughs> yeah. No. A lot of insurance claims. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. What else stuck to you, stuck out to you, Mr. David? Um, well, I mean, kind of like to the jock thing, um, you know, you, 
I don't think you're going to see that guy in many movies where it's just that legit of a douchebag as that the jock, you know, slut shames her mm-hmm. when she just kisses him and won't go home with him and then eventually basically forces himself on her. Mm, attempted. Yeah, attempted, attempted rape. rape pretty much. Yeah. Well, actually it is attempted rape. So I, I just think that character um, being that drastic in uh, isn't, it, it aged like milk for me. Yeah. That Skeet guy. His name's Skeet for Skeet God's sake. Ulrich. Yeah. Um, yeah. Skeet, Skeet, Skeet. Skeet, Skeet, Skeet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that part really freaking me out. And also like, yeah, they were clearly the bad girls. Like, I actually wrote down uh, one of the quotes, which was... Okay, so uh, when they're describing the girls in the group, someone says, one's a slut, one has burns, and then Rochelle, and they never elaborate. And I wrote in brackets, what is the token black girl in the group? Yeah. Like, you know, but it's also like what they're saying, like, she's a slut and she has burns. Like, to me, I'm like, how, and that makes them the bad girls? Like, what the hell? Maybe 2020 is, like, different. Oh, you, uh, when Skeet was talking to Sarah, them. yeah, the, yeah, like, the bitches from Eastwick. Yeah. yeah. She's a slut. She's got burns on her body, and you should just, like, shouldn't be around them or something like that. I mean, yeah. obviously, they're also, like, stealing stuff from stores, which isn't great. No, no. But they haven't done anything that really, apart from the fact that they dress a little bit gothic at school, mm-hmm. like, I guess it's a Catholic school. It's very rigid, so maybe they stand out. True, but um, besides uh, Skeet Skeet and then um, Laura Lizzie, uh, that played by Christine Taylor, you don't really get too many opinions mm-hmm. of other kids in the school besides like Skeet and his like two friends and then her when she's, uh, you know, making fun of Rochelle and being super racist. But uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was something I wrote down. Yeah. That was... I. I know that the term nappy is bad. I didn't Yeah, for kn- nappy hair. Nappy hair. Yeah. I didn't really know what that was in reference to. And then also she said the word negroids. Yeah, it called her a negroid. Which I don't, I don't know like, I'm allowed to say. I don't like negroids. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would not be in a high school movie. <laughs> not today, now. no. That definitely aged like milk. No. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I mean this movie I think was super influential to me. Like I just was on the phone to a girlfriend before and I was like, Did you ever see the the movie The Croft? She's like, I love that movie. I feel like there was every single girl like around my age was like trying light as a feather, stiff as a board. Have you tried it? Yeah. Yeah, I tried it. Does not I, work. I remember trying it when I was little and <laughs> I um it was like my older brother and some other neighborhood kids. And it was like kind of like twilight hours, getting dark. We we're doing it outside. And I was the one uh, laying on the back. And I just started like whimpering and like uh, fake crying out of the side of my eye. And they were like all freaking out and I just wouldn't move. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I think it's, it's like um, what are those boards? Wait, like a Ouija board. board. Yeah. This yeah. movie like, yeah. I mean, I remember being a little bit obsessed with witches and stuff like must have been like a, a preteen. I mean, look at the way they're dressed. Like those chokers and stuff were in fashion. Yeah, like we were definitely. all dressed like that. So. Dark lipstick and eyeshadow and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who had the standout performance for both of you guys? Standout in regards acting to uh, like best acting? Ooh. Yeah, like who was your who did you gravitate towards? Whoa. Big question. Uh, you know, I th- I think it, a weird thing like for me Faruza like just made the movie Same. without her. I don't know if it's that memorable. The crazy thing is Nev Campbell is like she kind of does the same thing every time and this is even like the purest version of that. Like her reactions and her like 
to me, she always kind of plays the same kind of person. Yeah, like the same in Scream. And this is like, oh, well, this is like where it all came from. Yeah. Like, to me, this was like the most pure Nev Campbell and then, performance. And then she made like seven Screams. Oh, pretty yes. Much, pretty much similar, <laughs> picking, back, picking back off this performance. But, yeah, uh, I, I did think Neve Neve Campbell did a great job. I would agree with you, Marcus. I think Feruza was just so crazy and yeah. like really tied this movie together but i will say i felt for her character and i wrote that down in my notes like when you see her home life mm-hmm. and you kind of understand like i think that's something you realize as an adult i mean i definitely realized it about kids that i grew up with like the weird kids actually like a couple of them came from like really bad homes and yeah. there was a lot of acting out so you can see why she was so attracted to the idea of like ultimate power mm-hmm I, I agree. I, I think she does it for this movie. Yeah. Definitely so. brings it. Uh, brings so we just it need along. one more, and then we create the, the four points of agreeing that she is in our coven. In our coven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Do you, so some of the stuff I read about her is that she uh, became a Wiccan while filming this movie. Oh. Yeah. And she even mm. opened up her own uh, witch lady bookstore after <laughs> after Did they were done filming a sheet in the back i don't think i think she may have had a sheet but there might have been like one of those doggy doors too so it was oh, okay. a little harder Good. once yeah. you pulled the sheet back you would have had to step Still over it yeah yeah so they, she learned marcus you're a camera person was there anything mm-hmm. from a technical standpoint that really stuck out to you about this movie uh you know actually i was thinking about the um uh, the effects actually at the mm. time was the one that stuck out for me because like 96, like the pencil shot in the beginning, the, you know, the levitation piece, like some of those things were done, I thought really well for what it was. I mean, I, this is like pre-digital everything, at the time, you know, yeah. 96 for that budget. Like they weren't, you know, they weren't really doing digital intermediates or anything like that. They weren't scanning anything in. So I think, yeah. but I, I, at that point, to pull off a lot of that stuff, I think um, actually turned out uh, uh, really great. great. There's a, there's also that one shot in the bookstore, the second book or the last bookstore moment where she lights one candle and they all go on. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I think they're just some really well chosen like, sort of moments. I, I liked when the pa- when they were fighting in the house at the end and the wind was pushing them all and like all the paper and then she like disappears. I thought yeah. that was all really cool. I liked. Well, that was cool too because they had that. Especially when they smash against the mirror, I th- it looks to me like the set was on its side. Well, yeah, they, I think were, it was. Or they when, were able to tilt it or something. Yeah, when they uh, when and, they first and shot, they were just throwing everything down. Yeah, yeah, when they first shot through the door, because she pulls that knife yeah. out and mm-hmm. then they fly back. I think they were on the on the ground. Um, they yeah. shot that a really cool way. What I didn't like in that that uh, scene is when she comes back out of the wall and into her clothes, <laughs> and she goes to kick her. Like it's real choppy. Mm. I don't know if you guys noticed that um, when she kicks her and then she flies up against that back that mirror. I did not notice. There's that. like a part where it's just like cut cut and paste almost. It felt I like. watched a lot of. Now I might be getting it wrong. Ali Mac was that the one where she could turn into liquid and yeah. go under doors? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when she like came back into her clothes, it felt very much like Ali Mac. You know, yeah. like, sort of like the. Da- it wasn't extremely 
well done visual effects but at the time it was like whoa yeah yeah like, this so, is the height and i and i definitely get the special effects part because now that i'm looking at it this movie came out the same year as independence day twister and mission impossible mm -hmm. so all those movies especially independence day and twister had special effects stuff so it's definitely on point for those with those movies too which probably had a very a lot bigger budget this one only had a 15 million dollar budget but i just that one lot, yeah. that one scene that seemed like it was just camera work that looked choppy to me, not even like special effects mm. or anything. The, the one scene that I noticed with the special effects or the visual effects, I guess, actually, visual effects, was when she's walking out of the water. You could totally tell mm -hmm. it was like a green screen. But I think that's the thing with like movies and like with movie magic is like stuff moves so quickly. They are creating new ways to make things look realistic all the time that like even you go back and watch like the first Harry Potter movie and it looks so old. Compared to Compared like the last to, one. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Compared to like an avatar, which we covered in this podcast, which mm -hmm. is like this whole world of like insanity. Yeah. Um, what other questions did you have, Mr. David? Other questions. So, well, um, I do. I did like the part, the whatever you send out, um, you get three times back. So, you know, they put that out there um, and it was like, okay, when's this coming? And then she, yeah. she's laying on her ground when she has to invoke the spirit. And then, well, I wrote it down. It, the, the turning point is 39 minutes in when, you know, at first, like the magic seems so fun. Like they're yeah. playing with changing their hair color. Like I remember as a kid being like, that would be so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like as a kid, you're like, that is the cool shit. Did you guys think it came? I, obviously they're working with in a time um, constraint or whatever to put all these pieces in to make this story. I just felt like the magic came on way too, way too soon. You think and I was so? like, Hey, there's this girl. She, uh, does this pencil trick. She's going to be, she's going to be in she's our gonna coven. Be a witch. And, uh, now we're all doing powers and, uh, we went to the bookstore lady <laughs> and, uh, we killed a guy. Nobody talks about the homeless guy they fucking murdered. Oh my God. I love Did that. You? I love yeah. all, I, I think it's great. I think that, 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 that homeless guy going down hard yeah. and then like, and then she's like, you know, keeping the pencil on edge right in the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so now I'm, I'm totally. In yeah. Like, yeah. I'm but I'm just, uh, I'm just the guy. Nobody. And they nobody they this never guy. talk about He's it. just some homeless dude, probably with some he mental illness. Exactly. He's got it. He's got it. He's got hi. pet snakes. He just wants to, to talk. Fair. And they, they run back to the chairs like out in that hill. Did you want him to get hit by a car? I want him to get hit by a car. <laughs> We're the ones that made him get hit by a car. You just killed. You just killed, <laughs> you the, just guy. killed the guy. <laughs> you just killed the guy. I mean, yeah. I know. Nice, nice guys finish exactly. last. Exactly. Okay. Uh, First of all, yeah. he came into our house with a snake. Is he a nice guy? You know, he didn't harm her. He was just saying, "Hey, look at this he didn't snake." Harm anybody. Yeah. Okay. He was just like he had a question. Maybe he was drawn to her because she's a powerful. she is a powerful. Well, that witch. was one. Yeah. Oh, you know. Go ahead. Sorry, that opening too. I mean, like, Dad did no help. He's like, "Hey, who are you?" <laughs> Slam the door, and he's like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And he never saw the snake lying on the ground from when he uh, came down the stairs. <laughs> Dad, I wasn't around. really that worried about it. Dad, oh, snake. Also, I don't know. It doesn't seem that easy to kill a snake with like a stick like that, like a poker. Yeah. Like, you probably have to hit it more than once. Like, how true is this guy's name? Right. Fuck, yeah. Know. Yeah. The parents really didn't play. A big, actually, that was something I did write down. Like, um, Rochelle's character played by Rochelle, played by where is it? Uh, Rachel, Rachel True. True. Yeah, she's like about to dive, and clearly, um, they're taunting her and yelling stuff out. And I'm like, the coach doesn't say anything. Yeah, like, and then it's not until the the second time where he's like, put a lid on it. And then he gives her the like after she does a real cool dive. 
he's like, yeah. Like, yeah, he's like, huh. Good job. You yeah, know? The, the, teach, the, te- <laughs> the only real adult figure in this, I guess like the dad kind of is there, but not really, is the witch bookstore lady. Yeah, yeah. So they're so, just running around. They sleep on the beach one night. I'm like, do your parents not give a fuck yeah. where you are? So basically you're saying without adult supervision, people are going to die. And become witches. I mean, yeah. yes. I wish they. I wish that plane had actually gone down. I, I wish they'd killed their parents. I was kind of bummed when I was like, oh, you guys are the end again. I, Seriously? I agree 100%. That goofball? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> It was dark. Like when um, Faruza's character, um, Nancy, is like, you should just kill yourself. Yeah, that was It's like. Up. Yeah, that was great. It was like all 90s. Yeah, yeah you should just kill yourself. Well, I mean. I could choose all that. Yeah, because yeah. well, we also covered that movie. <laughs> there was a lot of people just telling people to kill to themselves, themselves in the nineties. And that's that... just oh yeah, that's... man. You gotta, you gotta. Have, if you're gonna have like a scar on your wrist, it better be in the right yeah, direction. Yeah, they talk. They to- so they told a bunch of teenagers how to do that for real in this yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, that's just hate that those people have. That are I just think back to the bands that were really big in the nineties, and they all dressed like that and probably talked about like hating their parents and running away from home and killing yeah. themselves yeah right we're like the cures well i guess cures 80s but like yeah i mean what was real emo. the smiths they had a song in yeah. there i think the smiths like isn't that like real depressing? i think that was on the soundtrack yeah, yeah. Um, um yeah so i felt yeah Portishead, head that was one i felt like yeah the lack of adult supervision was like kind of glaringly a problem um <laughs> i also felt like they never really like addressed so uh nancy's mom played by nancy played by feruza balk is she comes from a fucked up home life she like glares at the stepdad he has a heart attack and dies and then they find out they get this hundred and seventy five thousand dollar life insurance and i david knows i love to do this i googled like what the inflation of that would be in 2020 it's only two hundred and eighty thousand dollars. yeah and she's buying jukeboxes and she's living in a and i'm like well maybe things were less expensive in the 90s in la but i can't imagine she gets a like a mercedes or bmw they're like we're rich now i'm like that's gonna last you a (laughs) A year year? the way you're spending yeah they were definitely like a poor white and they're right back (laughs) rochelle's character actually says that she says i think she just doesn't want to be white trash anymore and i yeah i I think that's like isn't that kind of a slur like oh definitely we've got we've got people calling her a negroid which is gives me the chills and then She's turning around calling her white trash. These are not good friends. So I wrote down in the beginning of the movie, like, oh, women empowerment, powering up together, helping each other <laughs> against, you know, patriarchal society. And then the end of the time, end of the movie, three of them are like, you should kill yourself. Yeah. If you don't leave town or the city or the state, we're going to kill you just because we don't, she doesn't want and to be in the, the not to be a spoiler, but she has anymore. a woman committed to a mental asylum. Like her at the very end, Nancy's in. Oh, yeah, but right, Nancy yeah. was showing um, glimpses of that throughout the movie. She was just freaking out. I mean, I just feel like she needs hmm, some rest. Some rest. I yeah. don't think she needs to be just t- a, t- just t- a couple t- months in there. But then they, she also like drops the tree branch on Neve Campbell's character, like almost. Yeah, and Rachel's because they were talking shit. Uh, Rochelle said know. she doesn't even have powers anymore. yeah but i just feel like we're not good friends i do feel like there was a lot of casual like terrible things happening to people like when the guy goes out the window okay did not like his character the guy the rapey guy skeet skeet real character's name chris hooker not also not a great name 
Um, but I don't know. At first I was like, for sure he didn't die because I couldn't remember and they didn't really address it. But yeah, he died. Yeah, you just heard a splat, I think. That was yeah, and then it. she runs like, <gasps> and then, no, and then the next scene is like, she's like all sad and the dad's like, are you okay? And it's like, no, I've literally seen two people die in the last <laughs> yeah. three weeks. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's, it's bad. Three people, if we count the homeless guy. Yeah. Wait, what's the third? Oh, well, because, uh, yeah, I guess they killed Nancy's dad. Oh, but Nancy killed it was, her. A, she didn't it was see a glamour. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, for Nancy's dad? For the he heart didn't attack? Really oh, my bad. Yeah. yeah. They didn't both all do that. It was just. Yeah, just Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's hard out there. That friend group is toxic. Well, actually, <laughs> super interesting. Like, they call each other, like, slut and bitch throughout. And I was a kid in, like, I think I was in grade seven in, like, 2000. Uh, yeah, 2000. So everyone can do the math and figure out how old I am. Um, and I remember we would, like, you know, call each other bitch and slut. And I remember my mom pulling me up on it and being like, that's horrible. Do not call. I'm like, yeah, but we all, <laughs> you know, but also they were selling clothes and, and necklaces and stuff that said bitch and slut and, like, hooker and so they're pushing it on you guys i don't know i just thought it was like yeah you're right it wasn't a very good friendship group they no, weren't very supportive and another thing nancy did <laughs> now let's talk this so, i hate nancy so i i apologize to to skeet i actually thought skeet's name was in the movie but it's actually yeah that's his real name chris hooker is the character but he also gets taken advantage of because nancy turns into sarah she basically basically rapes, rapes him. him yeah yeah so, a lot going on there. A lot to unpack. One thing I did write down, which is not relevant really at all, but um, she was wearing really dark lipstick, and then when he pulls back from her, he does not have lipstick smeared all over his face, which I felt was a continuity continuity issue. And Marcus, I feel like our friend Scott, the script scripty, would never have allowed that to happen. Maybe it's Revlon. <laughs> he would have had. He would have. They had money. She had money then, so maybe she got the good stuff that doesn't, that doesn't wow. run. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that was a '90s miss for me was that they um, I, only a couple times did they have like lip liner on. Like they should have had lip liner everywhere on every person. Like you can't get enough lip liner <laughs> in, in the '90s. Hey, oh my god, lip liner is coming back. To be honest with you, the whole fashion aesthetic in this movie is coming back. Like it, it, so is the craft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There we go. So what is Cyclical. what is what is the? So it's been 24 years since this one came out. So mm. do you think Hollywood is like okay? 24, 20, 24 years is the cutoff. Like, we can remake this. I would assume, yeah, after like 20 years, 20 probably years. might be the Fair tipping game. point. Yeah. And I guess I you, mean, you probably take it off of how that movie's still doing. Because mm. a lot of the articles I read, you know, it's a cult classic. Yeah. And people watch this, you know, around around this time every year. So they're probably like, hey, yeah, the viewership's there. Let's give it to the a younger audience and see what happens. The next generation of witches. <laughs> Um, Marcus, so you said right up the top that you loved this movie. So what for you is the thing that you love the most about it? Uh, I mean, I, I just think it's 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 a high school movie and it's four women that are totally empowered and, you know, the guys are all fucking idiots. I, th I think, that, oh, am I allowed to say Oh, yeah, we say fuck all the time. <laughs> Great. Okay. So I just wanted to, so, I mean, I think that's the thing. I mean, it's almost that it took 24 years years to remake this is almost like oh my god this should have been done 10 years yeah. ago it's totally appropriate in every way i mean and i was totally entertained no it's, yeah, to it's, I, it's i enjoyed it's an entertaining movie yeah and like i said you i know. feel like it was super influential for me as a kid it's just funny to watch it as an adult and like that's why david and i love making this podcast because yeah. we like like our first movie that we covered was she's all that which to me was one of my favorite movies as a kid <laughs> and you watch it and you realize how 
problematic it is. Like now even talking about it with you guys. Yeah. Like the talk of suicide is like, it's, it's problematic. Like you can't get away from that. Like it is a great movie and stuff like that. But I think you need to have a discussion with your kids. Like, and I'm, I'm curious to see the new version. I will definitely check it out. Um, to see how they handle all of that stuff, you know, cause cyberbullying and stuff is so huge now. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and with, uh, yeah, they gotta, they gotta push that, some of that stuff out when they're remaking some of these things. And, and I wonder if they'll kill people. I guarantee they're going to kill people, but hopefully they're not pushing the, you know, people to ask other people to kill themselves. Right. I, th- I think that's like a it's sort of becoming for me a pet peeve of uh these remakes that sort of have uh that michael bay look to it like the new one it's like you can see it's widescreen it's anamorphic everything's super polished i mean i, I love the it's it's very pretty but it's just it doesn't have like the rough edge yeah, this, this, this movie was has. gritty yeah i was gonna say the same yeah. thing it gritty. was it's yeah. it's a gritty yeah. freaky teenager movie about witches i yeah. will say and I didn't do too much reading into this, but I obviously like I did literary literary studies in university and stuff like it's for some reason, witches are very scary to people and it's always women. You know, you've got like, you look mm-hmm. way back to like the Salem witch trials and stuff eh, like that. Oh, gotta stop you there. What? Uh, six men were killed in the Salem witch trials out of, I don't know, a bunch of people, <laughs> hundreds but, of women. Yeah. But I'm just, just, you know, there were some men. No, I'm not saying it's exclusively <laughs> women, but I do think to Marcus's point, like about how it is like a woman owning the power. Like there is this, like, you know, it's so easy to, I mean, okay. It turned out they were witches. I get that. But like, yeah, the fact that Chris um, played by Skeeter is like a Skeet is like, the bitches you know of eastwick like they're witches like it just seems like an easy thing to like accuse somebody of yeah i feel you and she's a witch yeah so uh i I looked up a little bit that 18 150 people were accused in the uh, salem witch trials 18 were put to death okay and six of them six of them are men but i also was kind of laughing not about this but like if people were just to be able to do that today, like you see some lady at Trader Joe's who <laughs> like something drops off a shelf and maybe she catches it too too easy, and a guy's just like witch. Right. <laughs> it's a witch. Or you go to the magic castle and you're like, he's a witch. <laughs> he's, he's doing witch. tricks. Yeah. <laughs> oh Burn him. God. Throw him in the river. See if he floats. Yeah. If he in floats, LA, in kill LA, him. it would be like. It'd be the most exclusive club <laughs> in like five minutes. To be a witch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. The, the witch in aisle five at 2.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, you gotta, gotta see this person. You gotta see this. It's just funny, like, to think about the way that witches have been portrayed. Like, I definitely think this movie was iconic in the fact that it made, you know, it's like, oh, these freaky teenage girls. You know, they're teenagers. I mean, yeah. they were actually yeah. in their 20s. Let's be real, the actors. But, like, mm-hmm. look at, like, Bewitched was like this totally cute, campy, like being a witch was a good thing. It was cute. Mm-hmm. Like just the different branding of witches through yeah. time. Like I did, um, I worked on one movie called Lords of Salem, which is a Rob Zombie movie. Oh, cool. Where, which is all about, you know, and a lot of it's about uh, like witches from the, well, it's, it's, I won't give it away. But um, ultimately, one of, the, one of the things I can give away is that when they start doing some of their more witchy things, um, we ended up shooting um, the witches naked, and they were Ooh. basically older women, and it scared the shit out Even of me. Even you on, yes. on set? Well, yeah, because you're just like, wait, what? Because they didn't, wouldn't, they weren't telling us that everyone was like disrobing. So now you're like at Disney Ranch at 
three in the morning and it's freezing and there's only fire and smoke and there's just these women chanting that's wild. naked in the forest and there's a tiny crew and we're like what is going on have you seen that movie it, the witch oh it's super effective i was about to say i did the public relations for the witch at tiff that movie is wild the um, end scene is like that where all the women yes. are on the fire and so yeah. i david knows this and even though he knows this he's making me watch scary movies for halloween for this <laughs> podcast um i am really a big wuss when it comes to scary movies but i was doing i was working for a public relations firm in toronto that was my previous life and i was assigned this little baby movie no one really famous was in it at the time and I what I had to watch it with, um, you know, when you do press for a movie, you basically invite like a bunch of publications to come and like do a pre-screening so that they can bank their article so that when it comes out, you can have like a big push of press, especially at like a film festival. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I literally had picked up the main actress, Anya Taylor-Joy, the day before. I know this movie's not real. I know it's a movie. I could not sit in the theater to watch it. It was so freaky. I think you guys are right. There's something so scary about like a group of women and you don't like they're erratic and it's like nighttime and the moon and like, uh, and like, you know, if you haven't seen the witch, you should go see it. But like, there's that one scene where she does something really fucked up. And I was just like, I got up and I was like, I just have to run to the bathroom. (laughs) And I literally watched the entire movie from the like lit up corridor yeah, and then yeah. like at the end I'm like oh my god thanks so much for coming. I was like <laughs> I knew I knew I knew the girl like I yeah. knew the main girl in it and I just couldn't deal that's the, that's the sign of a good movie yeah right sucked you in totally I mean the thing is is like I, I would imagine if you're a witch it's probably super empowering so the the reaction and, and I would imagine that the people who see that who don't feel empowered were just like just get rid of them you know, right. like whatever it takes to remove Men. that from our society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Especially if they just, you know, that society that so this started in Europe, mm-hmm. um, with like killing witches through like a couple centuries, and then it came to the states, oh. and yeah, and then sure. at that time it was dropping off in Europe, and then, you know, we we I guess we wanted to kill some witches here too. Some witches or some women? <laughs> just witches. Some strong. No, I'm just kidding. Witches. <laughs> She's a witch. She's a witch. Um, um, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, David. Oh, I was going to say that uh, with this movie, um, it gave way to a, a bunch of different shows and movies like in the late 1990s. So like um, the pilot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch was <laughs> like, and then they aired like two months after this after film this? hit theaters cool. yeah charmed was uh, a couple years later charmed was yeah, a great on wb which charmed I think, had some freaky not as freaky as this but like charmed had some like scary and that ran happen. for a, a while and yeah. i think they actually um are redoing it or redid it so and then uh some of the buffy the vampire slayer as it was going on they added more and more like with witches into yeah. that jesus it like the craft basically invented the WB channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There is no WB yeah. without <laughs> the craft. I mean, it's just so funny. Jesus. Yeah, like in the late 90s, people became so obsessed with the supernatural and it's kind of carried through. But I think it's been, I mean, The Witch was, I think, 2015 or 2016. And um, I feel like that gave rise to like, like another scary, because yeah, it kind of, it's similar to what I was saying with Bewitched. Like there's so many iterations of, being what a being a witch is whether it's charmed where it's like these sisters and it's kind of fun looking and then like yeah. you know buffy's like such a badass and then you've got like um uh, sabrina's like kind of cutesy i guess i mean i remember watching that as a kid was not scared really yeah yeah and the cat right? the cat her black cat yeah that could talk yeah i love him yeah. um but okay so if you guys had witch powers from this movie what 
would you choose as your power that you could? First thought was to make myself have hair. <laughs> <laughs> David is. I am a bald sans man. Sans hair. Yeah, but. Um, but then if I you mean, okay, 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 I'd fly. Can she fly? They, the three of them flew. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot. They yeah, levitating. levitating. Yeah, levitating. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but David, don't forget that like everything you put out comes back times three. So you would grow hair on your head and then you would also become a wolf man and grow hair all over your body. See, Every but inch. What Manon teaches us, right, <laughs> <laughs> is that if you misuse your power, then he's going to be upset with you. Okay. But if I'm just levitating to go grab something from the top shelf because, you know, this little lady has short arms, then that's then that's not bad. And it's I'm about the witch's heart, right? They say that it's, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, with uh, magic, it's, it's, it's good and evil because that's what nature is. I see. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, what about you? Do you have a power in mind? I mean... I guess I could do like tree trimming. I mean, they could like take down some branches because our trees of our house are just huge. We have to get rid that of would be a good uh, business venture for you too. So like, all right, yeah, what do you need like here? Gardening, yeah. gardening in general. <laughs> that would be super helpful. Yeah. Is it like it's just you? There's a lot of bush back there. Yeah, I got. It. I, <laughs> I got this. Don't you don't. Have, I got don't this. Have... Let me just give me some lip liner and I'm good to go. Well, I would choose the glamour, the hair. I spent a lot of fucking money to be blonde. And she just runs her hand through her hair like that. Oh, yeah. yeah that's a good one. That's, too. I would save there so much go. money in Los Angeles. Fucking hell. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't want to take up too much of Marcus's time because he's very busy um, in the pandemic. Um, that's a joke. A little joke. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> but Marcus, okay. So you've had this like really cool career. You've worked on all these cool movies. Um, if someone is interested in like kind of doing what you do, whether it's being a director of photography, a cinematographer, or, you know, getting into being a camera operator in the movie or TV business, what's like a first step for them? Oh God, that's like the hardest question. (laughs) Honestly, it's like, sorry, no, not at all. I mean, it's just because there's, I think, I don't think it's just DPing, it's directing. It's, it's all these sort of like upper level positions in terms of like making filmmaking you know filmmaking type stuff um because you know to be a good dp you sort of have to know stuff about editing you have to know something about you know production design and the set and obviously you have to know about lighting and camera i mean the biggest thing if you were if you were like 12 years old and you wanted to start doing it like get a camera get a phone and just start taping and cutting as soon as you can and as, as no matter what it is just just start and like i think every Every person I ever talked to that when I started, I was like, yeah, I think I, I really love this job. I love the camera department. I love grip and electric. Like why? I, I think I want to try to aim to be a, a DP. And every one of them was like, just start shooting. Don't work your way through the system. It'll take forever. And it's super hard. Just learn on the job. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't, I never went to film school. So I just learned on the job. Like, and I still do every day. So like you just... You just have to start doing it and you have to like mess up a lot yeah. on at every level, like just keep screwing up and then, uh, and persist because you're going to screw up. And if you give up when you screw up it, you'll never make it. So what's a day on set for you? Like just, uh, um, what are some of the things I mean, you take never... care of and, and you're overseeing and doing, uh, you know, um, ideally, you know, it, you start the day early in the morning by either looking at just reviewing quickly the prior day's work or reading over 
you know, the scenes before, at least for me, before I get in the car, I try to read over the scenes we're about to do and take some notes and remember and prep the way I saw it sort of happening, the way we were going to see it, the way the audience would see it. Yeah. And the way the director wants to see it. So that way, by the time I get to crew parking, I've already got, like, I, I'm sort of dialed into the this mode and I'm kind of ready to tear it all apart as soon as the director wants something different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, you know, you, you, you try to over, at least in my mind, I like to prep or over prep knowing that, like, oh, we're going to do something totally different. All right, great. Well, maybe we can still keep it in this vein um the way you know we originally saw it and then you know somebody gets sick or something happens you or you know a pandemic happens and you have to change everything so imagine um, that happening it. never yeah. happened you just have to be super flexible that's kind of I, I there's so many things that happen like minute to minute that uh and the big thing is also listening like you have to train your ears to hear some conversation across the set that is involves your job but they're not telling you about it so you're sort of like <laughs> you oh, just shit, i should get ready for that wow <laughs> be aware just so you can go and and do that thing without oh you never asking. know like you'll hear you'll hear some makeup person across the set be like god i think a tornado's coming and you're like oh shit like it's gonna rain like we're not gonna get this in time let's go do this one little piece and, and get out of here oh nice so yeah. it's like all you just have to be on your game you to live in the moment yeah. yeah and and it's it's sort of a yeah it's definitely a game of some sort so if you if you weren't a camera operator on set is there another job on set you would want marcus oh oh no, <laughs> said, oh, no. a whisper <laughs> oh, no. i don't honestly think i'd be very good at anything else i really don't that's okay I, would, I really don't i mean i'm always like admiring production staff because they have like the script perfectly memorized they know all these little details that i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> like i'd rather live in the moment that, or like you know you know script supervising dear god like i i could never do that yeah i, would I just, respect the hell out of those people oh my god it's just it's such a you know it's so important and um and so overlooked too or another one is like costuming could never do that but like wardrobe is part of production design it's huge too because it can set a tone for a movie yeah it sets a tone for an actor it sets a tone for a scene like i mean the craft is the example like without if they don't look like that i I don't know if i even care about the movie if like i think that's the problem with the new one i look at that i'm like what do they they just look like normal doesn't draw you in as much yeah yeah because i like you said at that time with that music too so that was influencing their look um that status quo in the 90s so you try to remake that now influencing kids now it's like wop you know yeah in the new one you see the tub you're like this tub of like glittery pink water i'm like what is this bobby's water i'm looking at the yeah I mean, look at the like the costume designer for the craft. Her name was Deborah Everton. I mean, she's like look at her resume is like Highlander, Heart of Darkness, Lawnmower Man. But then Lawnmower also, Man. Yeah, I, I mean, heard she's got. She did the. She was supervisor on the Terminator. I mean, she's got. Oh, she did the Abyss. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good movie. I mean, um, just like huge movies, you know, like she's she she influenced probably generations. What was it like? Uh, I thought I read like Katy Perry was like super influenced by the craft. Oh, like her music, so like these, 
or look. <laughs> Definitely no, part I think of music. music. <laughs> I used to Yeah. I think it was the the look for one of them. I can't remember. Yeah, I believe it. Okay. I mean, listen, I think women, I think Katy Perry and I are around the same age-ish. Um, I also am married to someone that looks like Orlando Bloom. Um, I'm not. <laughs> she ain't, she, she ain't a, lying. She just had a baby. Um, no, I think, you know, we were all very influenced by this. Like I literally, like I said, I just talked to a girlfriend before and we were just like, gushing about like the stupid sleepover things we did that were totally influenced by this movie and like yeah so I think it's uh it's a good one but so we like to end off the podcast by asking people to do a random shout out from the crew Marcus you just kind of really expertly sort of described the costume uh woman do you want to pick her or do you want to pick someone else out from the crew to shout out well, I actually worked with the DP, Ooh. Alexander Gruzinski. Tell us. He, tell he, us. Uh, we d- I did this movie last Christmas, which nobody saw, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure I saw it. What is it? Did you see I it? I think I did. <laughs> what movie? Last Christmas. It's like a, is it kind of like a hallmark type movie? Yeah, it's like LA, it's all black cast. It's just like uh, everybody, like all these all these different parts of LA and then there's um, I think one of the brothers in it has a white girlfriend and she sort of gets introduced to this and it was um, I'm pretty sure I've seen this movie but oh. I am 100% going to track it down again for Christmas like you've just made yeah. me want to find it uh, was it Emily well, Clark my, yes okay yeah I, I think my favorite part of the making that working on that movie was that I got I was just like pre-COVID sickness. It was probably like H1N1 or something. I got something and I infected the crew twice. Oh, Damn. Marcus. Had, it was patient disgusting. zero and, and patient 100. Yeah. I was. And they all, and, it, and I was, you know, I was like 28 or whatever, 27. And they were like, you can't come to set. I'm like, my boss won't let me leave. I got to keep <laughs> staying here. And it was disgusting. And I got it, I got it twice and I gave it to everybody. Twice. And then it and mutated it and they called it COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is the Marcus stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was disgusting. Oh my god. Where, we, where were you shooting? In LA? Yeah, I was in LA. So at least just, you were home. Uh, yes. But yeah. small mercies. Being sick away from home sucks. <laughs> um, okay, so cool. So you shouted out the DP. David, who are you shouting out? I'm going with Mo Chamberlain. He was the boom operator. And that is a very important part in all movies because you got to get the sound right. And you got to have strong arms, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And he worked on uh, Jonah Hex, The Craft, The Fighter. Um, so he's, he's done. I know this guy. Do you? Oh, for real? Yeah, I'm gonna keep. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, you're no, good. No, I, I actually asked Marcus. I said because Marcus has feel like he's worked on so many movies, yeah, so many shows, and knows so many people. I'm people, like, do yeah. you know people from this movie from the crew? And he was like, oh, let me look. Yeah. yeah. Never answered me, but it's all right. I forgive. Uh, you. I forgive <laughs> I tried you. Tried to. I, oh yeah, I'm just looking up. He's one of these guys that probably doesn't know what IMDb is. So he, ended up <laughs> he probably works nonstop. Yeah, I mean. ton of other doesn't stuff. Doesn't really care about IMDb because he doesn't need to use it. Yeah. No, but just saying, I mean, uh, someone like that, that's got to just know where he's supposed to be at all times, know what levels, Mm -hmm. all this and all that. And that's so important when when they get back to trying to edit stuff and add in sound. So it's it's a huge, huge thing in uh, making a movie. So shout out to to big Mo Chamberlain. We see you, Mo. We appreciate you. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Scott Garcia is his name. And he was... 
the uh, special effects. Um, well, he was one of the special effects team um, on the craft. And, you know, we kind of talked about it. Like, I feel like they did so much in camera and like really, really made it work. He has worked on, I'm laughing because of the last thing I'm going to tell you guys. Um, he worked on Logan. He worked on Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. He worked on The Magnificent Seven, Fantastic Four. Like this guy has done some shit, like Shutter Island, 310 to Yuma. Um, <laughs> but also most recently, he worked on Floor is Lava, which is a great <laughs> on Netflix. Netflix show. Yeah. If you need something. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, what is this show? He it's like was a game show. special effects technician on Floor is Lava. It's this. I mean, we were watching it late at night just to fall asleep because the world is on fire. And yeah. li- like, it's literally the concept is you have to get from one side of a room to the other side with your team. And they, it's mm-hmm. the floor is lava. Everything's like lavery. It's like this swimming pool basically of lava and like it shoots up and things get slippery (laughs) and then you pull like a lever and like a thing falls down. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's great. Um, but how we usually finally finish off the podcast is we decide whether or not this film has aged like milk or not. So Marcus, what are you saying? Has the movie aged like milk? Has it gone bad over time? What do you think? I, I don't think so. Hmm. Not for me. No. I think over time, the milk tastes delicious. Still still (laughs) tastes good. Holds up. David, what do yeah. you think? Um, I think I think it stands up as, you know, when you said the craft, when you said you want to do this, I'm like, all right, you know, I know, I know that movie. Um, would I pick this for to freak me out? Because I watch scary movies by myself in the dark to, to personally freak me out, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes around Halloween time. This wouldn't be one of them for me. But as far as a movie where it stood, um, you know, in the 90s and just all the stuff we talked about, I don't think it aged like milk either mm-hmm. but i don't think the milk's delicious because i didn't have that great of a taste for it but i definitely <laughs> i definitely still think it holds up and i wouldn't normally watch this remake but i'm going to because of the, exactly yeah i'm you know what we got a uh, fresh milk over here because i'm also gonna say it did Ooh. not age like this is our first this time, is the first think, time. Yeah. this is the first time i don't think it <laughs> aged like milk i will say that if it's a type of milk, it's a type that I remember from my childhood being really delicious. And then when I tried it again, I was like, eh, you know, <laughs> like it, you know, when you remember something from your childhood and you're like, that was my favorite cake or like candy yeah, or yeah. drink. And then you have it again as an adult and you're like, mm, it was just magical. Cause at the time you didn't know, you didn't have the taste buds for yeah. other stuff. Now I'm yeah. a, I'm a movie person. I have worked on a movie. My taste buds have changed, but the milk is still relatively unaged yeah. so good job guys well thanks yeah. marcus for coming thank you marcus uh, yeah, thanks. Um, Come on, man. do you if people want to find you do you have like a website they can check out or anything like that you know do you want to just uh, marcusmenser.com cool <laughs> dave just hit his catchy head. it's catchy um well marcus yeah. thank you so much and um we really appreciate you it's great to talk to film industry professionals and discuss the thing that we do for a living but also that we enjoy so check your fridge take out that milk gross milk is gross (laughs) i thought we were doing a spell at first you're gonna do a spell in a moment